1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
0: 971 FM Talk Podcast. The beginning of the 2024 legislative session in the Senate has been nothing short of an embarrassment.
2: Despite the start of a new legislative session infighting among Senate Republicans remains constant. You know, this is going to be an interesting time here in the state of Missouri. Just realize this is not our doing. This is their doing uh, trying to create uh, this sort of environment in the Missouri Senate. Yeah, that happened uh, the other day down in Jeff City where, uh, what, four members of the Freedom Caucus were stripped of their chairmanship, uh, had their parking spots taken away. Uh, It's getting nasty down there. And, from what I can tell, and we're going to have uh, Bill Igel on the show a little later this hour, the thing driving it was an effort on behalf of uh, Igel and some other Freedom Caucus members to push IP reform to the top of the agenda in the Missouri Senate to get them to consider it sooner rather than later so that if there's going to make a change, they can get it on the ballot, say, for August. Um uh, but there seemed to be no interest on Caleb Rowden's part to do that. And he got so angry with them, it appears that he has removed Igel and, and uh, Andrew Koenig and a few others from chairmanship positions a- and basically stripped them of their power in the, in the Senate, at least as chairman go. That is a, a big issue. The IP reform is something we've talked about for a long time. We know they're currently, among other things, collecting signatures in Missouri to put an initiative petition. Uh, on the ballot for November that would ensconce a, a right to abortion into the Missouri Constitution. And of, that's that's caught a lot of people's attention. This has been a s- slow train wreck. We've seen this coming. We knew that particular IP was coming uh, after what's happened in some other states and after the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade. So with all that in mind, uh, I found this interesting article the other day basically saying that uh, a powerful realtors group launched a campaign to block the Missouri GOP when it came to changing initiative petition reform. Uh, it's a PAC called Missourians for Fair Governance, and we've got to Scott Charton. I uh, hope I pronounced that correctly, Scott, who is a spokesperson for Missourians for Fair Governance on the phone this morning. How are you?
3: Hey, good. Th- thanks for having me on, Mark. Good morning, Ken.
1: Good morning.
2: Yeah, good. Good to have you on this morning. Uh, you, you're a veteran of Jeff City politics, right? You You worked for the Associated Press down there for for years.
3: Yeah, I've, I've watched the Capitol in person for for more than thirty years. Yeah, and uh, you know, yesterday I rolled up to the Capitol, and, and there's fog all around the building, and you, you just wonder how much it permeates inside the dome too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd say more so more so in the last couple of days than than in a while. I mean, there's always been some tension down there between a couple of these uh, Republican senators, but it seemed to blow up this week. Let, let's talk about Missourians for Fair Governance. Um, who started the organization? Was it started by somebody connected to the Missouri Realtors Association?
3: Well, it was, yes. And thanks for having me on this morning. Missourians for Fair Governance is a Missouri Campaign Committee. It was created by the Missouri Association of Realtors, uh, which has 26,000 members across the state. It is the largest statewide professional organization uh, because realtors are interested. I mean, they they were founded almost 90 years ago uh, for advocacy about private property rights. It's a a pretty pro-business, basically conservative organization. And uh, you know, you you mention and others use the term IP reform or initiative petition reform. You know, reform usually means make changes in order to improve something. I call this the wrecking of IP. You know, that's that's something Missourians have had for 114 years: this ability to bypass politicians to go directly to the ballot, and we we can vote on candidates, and we have the power to go directly to the ballot. And uh, the Missouri Realtors and Missourians for Fair Governance are about defending that. And you may so, wonder why they care.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask that next. It, it wasn't there. Somebody told me there was an issue that uh, about uh, how realist realtors' um, commissions were taxed or something. Uh, well, that yeah, brought the, this to the forefront for the Realtors Association.
3: Well, and the Realtors over many years have been advocates for for uh, curbing taxes. And in 2010, the realtors saw a, a rise in the practice of what they call a transfer tax being put on real estate. Basically, it's like a tax lug on the biggest purchase that most families will ever make.' It's, you know, a first-time home buyer. Uh and, and so the realtors went to the voters and, and uh, went out, and got signatures, and put on the ballot in 2010, uh, prohibiting transfer taxes on real estate, the people overwhelmingly approved that. And then in 2016, the realtors saw a rise in in other states in putting sales taxes on services that we all use every day. Uh, Could be a haircut, it could be a car repair. And they put that on the ballot as an amendment and the Missouri voters approved prohibiting sales taxes on services you use every day. So the realtors have. have
2: But on realtor services too, right? I mean, that would have
3: impacted realtors in the pocketbook. uh, Well, yes, it it would have been any kind of professional services. Yeah. It would have been realtors. Yes. And and anybody might be a car repair, might be an AC repair, but no services can be taxed thanks to the realtors. And because of just those two proposals, the realtors over time have saved millions of dollars in taxes that weren't collected from missouri
2: and and you know what here, here's what it say scott in, in my po- from my point of view if it's if you're a Missouri group and you've got a vested interest and you're worried about taxation or whatever and you start a, gra- a grassroots effort to raise money and get something on the ballot and collect signatures that's one thing what we've seen in Missouri though is an abuse of this initiative petition system where millions of dollars pour in here from out of state. From organizations that have nothing to do with Missouri other than raw politics. And they get things like clean Missouri put on the ballot. That was just an effort to take redistricting away from your elected officials. Or this marijuana p- petition that had was 200 pages long and did things that nobody had any idea what they were voting on when this thing got on the ballot. And the same thing's going to happen with abortion. When I think of initiative petition reform, I don't mind people being able to amend the Constitution. But let's at least make it more than a simple majority at 51 percent. Let's make it 56 percent. That means you have to get five or six percent buy in from a few people on the other side before you're going to change the Missouri Constitution. What's wrong with that?
3: Well, first of all, it's undemocratic. You would have uh, in that case. And and let's use a real example. The legislature last year, there was a proposal to to put it at 60 percent just for the purposes of this discussion. That means 40 percent of the people uh, would be denying the will of 60 percent of the people. That is undemocratic. You know wait a problem minute to With amend the, the united system.
2: to amend the united States constitution you have to get two thirds of the states to ratify an amendment what's the, that's not undemocratic that that's guaranteeing that you're not just rolling over people that have a different opinion than you
3: i i I would tell you that the, you're talking about the U.S. Constitution. I'm talking about Missouri. The U.S. Constitution doesn't have an initiative and referendum, which Missourians have enjoyed for 114 years. Let's talk about the Missouri Constitution, which is what is uh, at hand here. And w- these proposals that have been filed, and my gosh, there are a couple of dozen of them, uh, none of them would do what you're talking about doing. Uh, what they do, however, is they take away power from Missourians and give it to politicians. I'll give you an example. These proposals spell out that the legislature would have exclusive authority cutting out the citizens on making any changes to constitutional provisions on ballot initiatives. Uh, The legislature would still be able to send matters to the ballot by a simple majority vote. But uh, these proposals would let Missouri citizens be cut off from having that ability. Well, it wouldn't cut them and, off. And it's just not right. It wouldn't cut them off. It would effectively cut them off well, it because would it would make it, it so it prohibitively would, expensive.
2: It would make it a little steeper climb. Like you couldn't – you'd have to go to, for example, all eight congressional districts to get signatures instead of just concentrating on the ones with St. Louis and Kansas City and Springfield and of the highest population numbers, it would make it a little more difficult. You couldn't just buy your way onto the ballot.
3: Let me, let me just explain something. These proposals don't do that. This, this has been tried in other states. Most recently in uh, 2022, South Dakota, Amendment C was rejected 67%. These are red states. Arkansas. Turned this down in 2022, failed by 59 percent of the vote, uh, issue number two. These are proposals that there is no popular groundswell because Missourians know there's just not a problem with the current system. It's worked well for 114 years.
2: We we will agree to disagree on that. Scott Charton uh, with uh, Missourians for Fair Governance. I appreciate you having the debate this morning. Thank you.
3: Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to visit with you. Absolutely, yep.
2: Uh, good, yep. I, I, we're gonna, we're gonna disagree on that one. Uh, changing one or the other of those methods to get something on the ballot just keeps interest from outside of the state from coming in and abusing the system. Period, in my mind, and that's what they've realized they can do, and it's what they're going to try to do on this abortion initiative petition, unless we change it which I hope they can do. We'll talk to Bill Igle about that at 735. He's pushing for it. Uh, Up next, we'll get to former Senator Jim Talent. We'll be right back.
1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
4: let's face it he's effectively the incumbent president so that's a hard hill to climb to for sure but she's but every time there's a hill in nikki haley's way she climbs it she knocks it down she pushes everybody out of the race so she's been able to have a lot of success where no one thought she was able to have it she's got one more hill to climb and that's to beat that's to beat trump in her home state
2: former senator jim Talent on the line with us this morning and Jim, that was uh, Chris Sununu there, the governor of New Hampshire, uh, still claiming that Nikki Haley is climbing the hill. Uh, Any thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, it's a very high hill for her to climb. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't think people, Mark, I don't think people should get too excited about this going on longer. Uh, I mean, I, I was thinking this morning about other races where we have not had an incumbent president. And most of them have gone on into the spring. I mean, in 2008, 2012, 2016, the first time Trump ran. So to me, the key is not elongating it when it's really purposeless and then pivoting as quickly as possible to the general election message, which has to be how bad things were under Biden and how much better uh, things were under Trump and will be again if we elect him and uh, and the ticket. I mean, so that's what Republicans should want to do, in my view. And I, I think you know, at some point and and not too far down the road, that pivot needs to happen, and everybody needs to make it, including Trump, his former opponents, and uh, and other influencers in the movement.
2: I I don't know about you. I've read a lot of stories uh, talking about who the donors are to Nikki Haley's campaign. And at least a couple of the big donors have, are, are also Democrat donors uh, who've kind of been behind her campaign up to a point here. I don't know how long they hang around, uh, but, at the, but at the end of the day, now the spin is if she can just make it to Super Tuesday, uh, she can still hang on in the background. I, I tell you, Jim, I think they want her to hang on in the background in hopes that one of these court cases takes Donald Trump out of the race.
5: Well, I suppose that's possible. I mean, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind, a couple of things. Uh, number one is yes, applying pressure to her when she's staying on past the point where it's it's you know or, or where it's clearly unproductive for her to do it. And again, we had those issues before, you know, with Ted Cruz and then uh, Mike Huckabee before him, and the rest of it. Uh, the other thing is is applying that pressure in a way that makes it as easy as possible for her supporters who who will consider voting for Trump to vote for Trump. You see what I'm saying there? In other words, th- we, we, you know, we, the, the president's got to fight this out. He's got a primary. He can't stop running against her. But again, the object is to win in November. And so in the back of his mind, he needs to say, you know, how can I get her voters afterwards? Because he's going to get a huge turnout that probably nobody else could get uh, of people who like him and maybe haven't traditionally been Republican. So if we can get the people who are more you know, inclined to her right now, we're going to win big. I think we have a chance to win big, and I think that ought to be the object.
1: I do think it would be Trump versus Biden, but I do think something's still going to happen with Biden last minute. And I worry because people have thrown out this idea of Michelle Obama running. And I feel like a while back she was refuting that. And now I don't really feel like she's been saying that's not happening anymore. So I'm starting to get worried that maybe she will. What do you think?
5: Well, you know, there's nothing we can do within pretty broad limits about that. But the message I just discussed works against her too. In other words, that's one of the reasons to pivot to this message, because they're all identified with Biden's policies. In fact, Biden's policies are Obama's policies. He owns them. And you can see what you want when you're campaigning, you know, is is a message that is powerful, that moves voters, and that's adaptable. Okay. And so again, and then to be disciplined with it. So the sooner we can get to that, the better. I mean, look, I'd like these primaries to end But I'm not going to sit here and and crime her for doing what, you know, a half a dozen people have done before her, you know, in in past elections.
2: Yeah. Jim, I don't know if you if you heard uh, the UAW leader yesterday. He endorsed he endorsed Joe Biden and then he turned around and had this to say. Go go to cut seven, Carl, please. A good
0: many of them are at Trump rallies and are MAGA enthusiasts. How do you feel about that?
4: Look, every that's what makes this country, you know a beacon for other countries. You know, it's it's democracy in action. Um, look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will.
2: <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think about that? His well, union endorsed Biden and, and he admitted that most of his members are going to vote for Trump.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, when you started playing the clip, which I had not heard, I was thinking, well, I know what I'm going to say. He may endorse Biden, but his members are going to vote for Trump. And right. then he turned around and said it. He admits yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the president's strength. And he needs, you know, to win an election, you build on your strength, and then you reach out to those who you can get. Uh, you don't spend a lot of time on people that you know you're not going to get. In other words, it doesn't do you much good to make somebody who's not going to vote for you anyway like you a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you you want to get the people you can get. And uh, right now we're at that awkward end stage of the primaries mm-hmm. where you, you want to go on that transition, but you can't quite do it yet. And so, again, the sooner we get to the cleaner stage where we have one target, the better I will like it.
2: Yeah, I could not agree with that more. Uh, Jim Talon. I appreciate uh, your time this morning, my friend. Thank you.
5: Uh, as
2: always, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, good to get him on here. This morning. Coming up, we've got uh, current state senator Bill Igel. Missed him yesterday. We're going to get him back on this morning and we're going to talk about what happened. The meltdown that we were talking about at the top of the show here. He's trying to push IP reform. Uh, he was holding up a couple of appointments that had to be approved by the Senate until he got IP reform looked at, and the Senate leader turned around and basically fired him. From his chairmanship and took away his parking spot and took ten thousand dollars out of his budget that I'm assuming went to staff. I I don't know that. Um, we're going to get his reaction to all of that for you when we come back from the break. Stay tuned.
4: This is very disheartening and concerning that our leadership is not capable of leading. We need new leadership in the Missouri Senate.
2: Ma'am. Yes, indeed, it looks like we might, and we've got Missouri Senator Bill Eigel on uh, the phone this morning. I don't know if he's. Hiking over to the Capitol because he has to park so far away now or what. But, uh, Bill, what happened in Jeff City was shocking.
6: Uh, it was. It was. Shy. Well, you know, it was disappointing, Mark. I, was it shocking? You know, I've seen a lot. I've seen uh, Senate leadership. I've seen the swamp do a lot of silly things uh, in my seven, eight years down here in, in, in Jefferson City. So I don't know if I'm shocked. Honestly, you know, uh, this has been uh, kind of a, a a very unusual week in the, in the fact that this whole this this whole latest dust up in the Missouri Senate has started because there are a few of us in the Senate that are trying to push and force through the Senate and the House the Initiative Petition Reform Bill. I mean, Mark, you know that last week uh, the pro-abortion forces in the state of Missouri uh, put together a couple million dollars, and they're going to try to enshrine abortion into into the founding document of our state, our Constitution, using one of the lowest standards to change our founding document anywhere in the country. And so instead of responding to that, by doing everything we could do in the Missouri Senate, which includes passing a strong Initiative Petition Reform Bill that would add a concurrent majority requirement to the constitutional IP process, our leadership does nothing. They do nothing. It's the week four. They're still doing nothing. So a few of us got up, and we started putting pressure on Senate leadership by holding up a few gubernatorial appointments this week, which is a very common practice, not just in the state Senate, but in the U.S. Senate, to apply pressure and let them know that we're serious about getting, these, getting things done. And leadership this week responded by stripping four senior senators of their chairmanship committees and taking our parking spaces. So, uh, in the Veterans Committee, uh, which I used to chair, they removed both veterans, uh, both military veterans, myself and Senator Bratton, from the chair and vice chair position, uh, and, and put in somebody who's not a veteran. Uh, and it's disappointed me. You know, helping veterans has been a passion for me. And this is the level of pettiness that Caleb Rowden has gone to. So, you know what? If I, I tell you, this is about trying to silence us. They are trying to silence us uh, by taking away our chairmanships, forcing us to park far from the Capitol, which is actually good for me because I'm going to get a few extra steps each day and it's going to help my heart rate. <laughs> but if they think they're going fi- to silence us, if they think for one second that we're going to be silent in this fight to protect our Constitution from these pro-abortion killers out there on the left. They are in for a shock.
1: I mean, aside from speaking out about what happened like you are right now, is there any recourse or this is said and done? There's nothing you guys can do about it.
6: Yeah, but, you know, I there's nothing I can do about my parking spot. I'm just going to have to huff it uh, <laughs> a few extra yards every day. And you know what? That's okay. I, I, they, they, While we are actually trying to fight for the unboard in this state, Caleb Brown and Cindy O'Laughlin are engaging in these petty games. And by the way, guys, this is we found out last night. We, we found out last night. This has not entered the public discussion yet. We found out last night that in addition to taking our parking spots, there is an ongoing conversation. They're actually considering taking the furniture out of our, our Senate offices. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. well, what you just sit on the floor? <laughs> They're going to make us sit on the floor of our offices. Well, that ought to teach you. (laughs) Thinking that that is going to intimidate us into being silent, they think that's going to get us to shut up and sit down on the Senate floor. Uh, If Caleb Rowden is listening right now, I want him to know that he is losing this conversation. In fact, we have seen in the past 24 hours, the St. Charles Central Committee has come out and condemned the action of Senator Rowden, the Camden Central Committee, the Vernon County Central Committee, central committee. Boone County, where Caleb Rowden is from. The central committee of the county that Caleb Rowden represents has come out publicly and demanded Caleb Brown's resignation from the Missouri Senate as the pro temp because he they know that his words and by the way Mark, I'm sure he'll come on to your show and say, "Well, I really want to pass these things too." But his actions do not match his well, words. He he is not for he is not referring those bills. He failed last year to get this done. I don't I'm not buying any more of the 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 junk coming out of the out of the swamp in Jefferson City and we're not going to be silent
2: Bill I had him on a year ago I played the bite yesterday where he talked about how interested he was in passing some form of initiative petition reform and then of course we know that didn't happen and Mm -hmm. when I pointed that out online somebody said you were to blame for that because you filibustered at the end of the session they couldn't get it done so they tried (laughs) to put that back on you at the end of the session
6: yeah, so so Missouri has one of the longest sessions, regular sessions, of any state in the country. We have more time to do initiative petition or anything else virtually than any other state in the country. And so uh, last year, be, they waited and waited and waited until the very end of session, and that was their plan, was to get to the end of session and then let it die, because they never were serious about it in the first place. The reason we're fighting in January this year is because we're not going to let them do the same thing this year. In fact, Cindy O'Loughlin admitted publicly uh, last week that she thought that if we were going to get to initiative petition reform it would in her words probably happen on the last day of session again. Well guess what? Wow. We're not waiting. We're going to kill all the all the special interest bills and all the growth of government bills that many of my Republican colleagues uh, hold so dear. We're going to sink all of that stuff that doesn't fall into the GOP platform and we're not going to be silent. If I have to sit on the floor of the parking garage and keep shouting, we're going to keep fighting. And by the way, This effort to silence it, this is the same thing that happens to Donald Trump. This is what the left does to Donald Trump. They try to kick him off the ballot. They try to charge him with crimes. They're doing everything they can to get him to shut up because they know how much the public is rallying around his message. And now the Senate leadership is doing the same things to us. They are not going to be successful. And for my constituents that I represent out there in St. Charles County that may be listening right now, I want them to know. I'm going to speak directly to them. They're trying to take away your voice. They being Senate leadership, they're trying to take away your voice right now. I want you to know – I got your back. I'm fighting for you. They ain't going to shut me up. We're going to take this fight. We're going to protect these kids. We're going to protect our Constitution.
2: Yeah, Bill Igel, our guest. Uh, listen, earlier I had on a spokesman for Missourians for Fair Governance. Mm-hmm. So that's the PAC set up by the Missouri Realtors Association to, I, I assume, fight any attempted IP reform. Mm-hmm. Are they the lobbyist group that is the primary um, villain here, I guess, for lack of a better term, that's keeping this from moving forward. I mean, are, are the are the folks in Senate leadership uh, beholden to them in some way?
6: Uh, no, uh, it's not the real. Uh, the realtors are opposed to additional petition reform. Uh, they're not the ones I worry about. Uh, Caleb Browden actually has. Uh, a political relationship with a couple, the Arnolds uh, in Texas, who are a very leftist billionaire couple uh, that have, I, I believe, I understand, and again, I, you know, they, they, they keep this out of the public eye, but it looks like they're going to be funding his, uh, his statewide run for secretary of state. Uh, and, and I think that that really, it, it helps you put together the dots. When he's getting leftist billionaires supporting uh, his statewide run, it helps explain why every day goes by. He could have referred the, the IP reform bills yesterday. He could have referred the IP reform bills in any legislative day going back to the beginning of this year, and he just doesn't do it. So his, his words – I think he tweeted out last night uh, on his Twitter page that he's ready to refer those bills today. Well, we're, we have already said – we're going to go straight to those uh, that, that order of business today. And if he doesn't refer him today, if he tries to do something else, it's going to be one more indication that he's just not being honest. So I don't think that Caleb Rowden really wants to pass IP reform. I think he's got people supporting him that are telling him don't pass IP reform. And that's the real problem here. It's not that he wants to do it and we just won't let him do it. We are fighting to have him do it. He doesn't want to get it done.
1: You were quoted in one of the local outlets, I think, saying that one of the things that stood out to you most from Governor Parsons State of the State address last night was that he mentioned nothing about any sort of changes to make it more difficult to amend the state constitution.
6: Yeah, you know, the absence of leadership from the governor is uh, what we've come to expect. I mean, uh, and uh, the, the governor didn't talk about initiative petition reform. The governor didn't talk about cutting personal property taxes. The governor didn't talk about uh, protecting Missouri farmland from being bought by foreign entities. You know, the governor did not mention a single Republican priority that we're trying to get passed uh, in the Missouri legislature. All the governor talked about, the entire speech, was about the governor Talking about the new government spending programs he wanted us to fund—that was the entire speech—and we we saw that this year, we saw it last year. An absence of leadership is precisely what this state is suffering from. That's the governor. You know, he was trying to poke at me a little bit in his speech last night, saying that uh, you know he he's seeing a different kind of reckoning than the one I'm talking about. But the governor is also not listening to the people of this state. He has no idea how frustrated and angry Republicans are that we're falling behind the other states like Texas and Florida and Tennessee. To see that our growth is falling behind the other states that we're not doing those big red Republican things and I believe in this August in just a few months guys those folks that are gonna the folks around the state that are gonna wake up and realize they're not alone they are not alone and being frustrated with the status quo are going to do something that the swamp in Jefferson City just can't even imagine they can't imagine that there's a small group of people in Jefferson City still that are going to work with them to actually change the world
2: well bill will uh, we'll be watching what happens in the Senate my friend I'm I- Keep up the good fight. We have got to address this IP issue. We've got to.
6: Amen. We're going to keep fighting. You have my commitment. Nothing that Caleb Rowden does in his pettiness is going to deter us from what we need to get done.
2: All right, Bill, uh, give, him the, give him the address again for your governor's run,
6: please. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. BillEigle.com. We've got thousands of people going to my website every day, BillEigle.com. You could go there. You could sign up to help with the campaign, read about my platform. Let's go, Missouri. You
1: can, Maybe we can start a fund to help get you a nice, comfy pillow, so if your furniture's taken <laughs> away, at least you have a pillow to sit on. Go, <laughs> go
6: That's right. That's right. You, you might see pictures of me sitting on the floor pretty that's okay. That's still not going to shut us up.
2: All right, Bill. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks guys. Have All a great right. morning. Yep. Take care. State Senator, uh, uh Bill Igel there who's running for governor, uh, by the way, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. The, the, if, if Rowden's attempt here was to hurt his, uh, his effort to run for statewide office, He's just given him more publicity for yeah. it. I mean, to be honest.
1: And if he takes away that furniture, I feel like that will oh. make national headlines. I mean, I that is ridiculous. I,
2: I think that will. And nobody will be happier than Bill Igle to sit cross-legged on his empty <laughs> office floor and let somebody take a picture of him. I, yeah. I know he will. Yeah. That's what he'll do. All right. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to Shannon Bream. She's been covering what's going on up in uh, in uh, D.C. and in New Hampshire and South Carolina. I'll get her thoughts on all of that. We'll give away a pair of Doobie Brother tickets as well. Stay tuned.
4: Hand it off to Gutfeld in I don't three play minutes. With dolls. It's going to get a lot worse. We're handing it off to Gutfeld in three minutes. He's going to go there. That's right? Stick true. with me, Shawnee. Okay, this is such peak Hillary Clinton because, as you said, of course she makes it about her, but in the process she really shows you how out of touch she is with everyday Americans. And what I mean by that is Margot Robbie just made 50 million dollars to pretend she was a plastic doll do you know how absurd it is to people <laughs> who've got to get up and go to work tomorrow that we should be upset yeah. on behalf of the plastic doll lady the only one who deserves a trophy from barbie are straight dads who had to sit through that movie for their daughters <laughs> shell out 82 dollars, and get told men were the devil for five hours
2: terrible oh, man <laughs> jimmy Fallon. Laying it out there. We were talking about that earlier, uh, about how Hillary Clinton has chimed in on the fact that that uh, Margot Robbie got snubbed at the Oscars or the Emmy. Was it the Oscars or the Emmys? Oscar. Hell, I get them mixed up. I don't know the difference.
7: And she's still nominated mm. because it's a Best Picture nominee.
2: Well, still, though, she got snubbed. And the and the male actor didn't.
1: Ryan Gosling. And Ryan
2: Gosling.
7: got Beautiful a, man. What a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man.
1: How do you feel about that, Carl? Margot Robbie not getting nominated?
7: Um it's, there's there are only so many slots. She's already been nominated several times.
2: The only one who deserves a trophy are the straight dads that sat through the movie with their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and shelled out $82 to get told that men were the devil for five hours.
1: Here's my analysis, and I admit, as I did earlier, <laughs> I did fall asleep during that movie. I didn't see it in the theaters. I was at home, and I was on the couch, and yeah. I fell asleep. It's on uh, but I did see enough of it to tell you that I I do believe that there people were exaggerating a little bit about how anti-man it is. However, I also believe there absolutely were... Bits in there where I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what they're doing. Ken's an idiot. That that's the message they're trying to convey. Ken's an idiot. So I, it can I kind be of I'm somewhere in without the,
7: being anti-man.
1: It can It can be. I I didn't love the movie. I don't get why people are so jazzed about it. That's just me.
7: It's because it came out the same week as
2: Oppenheimer. I would not. Didn't, watch it. I never saw Oppenheimer. I have no desire either. to watch it.
7: You would not like Oppenheimer because it's too long. Also.
2: Okay. I I may see Oppenheimer once it's available on it is on pay-per-view where I can pause it and go to sleep and come back and finish watching it later. You can do that right now.
7: (laughs) But it is really long and I think that is what will get you upset.
1: Can we can we start a campaign so that people stop making three hour long movies because who actually enjoys that? maybe the total movie nerds but other than that no okay maybe carl middleman nobody no, else wants to sit no, through a not, 3 hour movie
2: i don't mean carl middleman oh. i mean like but there are two kinds of movie critics right there are people like carl who will go and watch a movie and give you his honest opinion on whether it was good or bad or too long or or whatever and then there are people who call themselves film critics <laughs> and those are the ones you got to watch
7: out for cuz they're the ones that want 3 hour long movies a movie right A good movie, it doesn't matter how long it is. If you're enjoying yourself, you don't care how long it is. Mm, Yeah, I think Expendables 4 should have been longer. They ended it too (laughs) soon. I was enjoying Megan Fox's
2: acting abilities. Acting abilities? And suddenly it was over.
1: Sure. I I very rarely am like, you know, I wish that were longer.
7: (laughs) Sometimes... Sometimes I like Here's watching the thing. It, it,
1: the reason why being a reporter is hard in TV is because you have to be extremely concise. You have to take a ton of information mm-hmm. and boil it down it to like 90 seconds max is usually what they give you and that's being generous typically. Yeah. That's where the skill comes in, right? So I would view movies the same. It's skillful if you can take all of this stuff that you want to tell people about in your movie and boil it down to say 90 minutes. Yeah.
2: You should yeah, there There's should be a, there should be a limit. There uh, should most be a limit.
7: <laughs> are ninety Horses minutes are shorter?
1: I don't even like horror. I'm too. I oh. used to, and I'm, I'm too scared of. Are about those movies ninety now. to
7: an hour forty
2: five. I, I did. I tell you about the the uh, the show I started to watch the other night. I might have to f- go back and watch a few more episodes. Super Fargo? hot.
1: Super hot. Oh, I've never heard. So of it. So I'm
2: on Hulu, and I'm I'm, and that's where we've been watching uh, Fargo. And I see this ad at the top of the TV for something called Super Hot. Uh, these people who he thought
7: Megan Fox was in it
2: I did and these are people who eat super hot peppers that's what they do and it's a show of, it's it's an entire it's a multi-million dollar industry in the United States to perfect the perfect hot sauce and there are little people with with hydroponic growing machines in their basement trying to perfect the hottest pepper either ever and they found some guy on the internet who's the hot pepper king and if he doesn't like your pepper you're screwed i mean it's crazy you went into it for the wrong reasons now you're addicted to it i'm not addicted to it i'm fascinated it's like a train wreck i don't understand it why would you subject yourself to that torture oh i i don't know i just don't like well i don't like hot peppers either so anyway, coming up, Shannon Bream, Grip Jenkins, and we'll give away a couple of tickets to see the Doobie Brothers coming up this summer. Stay tuned.
4: Get more at
0: 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.